Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. never gets old, doesn't it? I love that song. What a day that will be. Looking forward to the day and we see Jesus. If you want your Bibles tonight, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We continue our series on the Christian charge. And again, here we see Paul encouraging the uh, church at Ephesus to stand, to stand. He says in verse 10 of, again, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There's a spiritual battle taking place that we cannot see and uh, understand that. And we, we need to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wherefore, verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having our loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Tonight's verse, our text verse tonight is verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless the time we have together as a church family tonight. We just pray, God, for our church family, those tonight who are suffering. We again pray for Miss Abba. We pray for many others. And God, tonight especially we pray for the service. We pray that your spirit would be evident today in the service. Lord, you be with the listeners again. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Help me be help your word. And the words that I speak from your word to be an encouragement to those who are here tonight, those watching online, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, think about Paul being under arrest, being in, in prison, there under house arrest, chained to a Roman soldier, at least a Roman soldier there guarding him. As he looks at this Roman soldier, he begins to put together a metaphor, and, and a metaphor, by the way, which he'd already begun. And we think about in the other prison epistles uh, where he talks about, again, uh, enduring hardness as a good soldier and so forth, fighting the good fight of faith. We're in a battle. There's a battle. I'm telling you, if you can't see it, uh, you're just, your head is in the sand. There is a battle going on that you cannot see. And we see a great battle that we can see. But boy, there's one behind the scenes. The devil's a roaring lion walking about seeking who may devour. And he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy this country. He wants to destroy everything that's moral and decent and right and biblical. And he wants to see that destroyed. And so we need to put on the whole armor of God, verse 11 says. Put on. It's a conscious decision of the Christian to put on the armor of God. You have to put it on. You have to take and put it on. And then take on, put on the whole armor of God. Why? Why should we take on the whole armor of God? That we may be able to stand. That we may be able to stand. Again, the devil's out to get to us. He's out to destroy us. And we need to have the armor on. The first piece of armor we've talked about and preached on was the belt of truth the belt of truth gird about with the truth 
And this belt for the soldier was, again, around the waist, and it was there to help hang the breast, breastplate on and, and help hang the sword on, so it had an impact on the rest of the armor. In John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus says, God's word is truth. God's word is truth. So what, what is this belt of truth? It's having the word of God in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. It's having the knowledge of, of the word of God. Knowing truth, knowing biblical truth. If you know biblical truth, you can stand. As a Christian, you ought to know why you, what you believe and why. If you know what you believe and why, if you know biblical truth, if you have taken the Word of God and you've read it, you've been taught the Word of God, you've been preached the Word of God, you've, you've sang many of the doctrines from our hymn books, and you know the Word of God and you hide it in your heart and you keep it in your heart, then you'll be able to stand. You'll be able to stand. So I believe this first part is talking about having the Word of God and knowing the Word of God, knowing it. Do you know the Word of God tonight? I've been in Sunday school since I was two. I've been in the nursery and then in Sunday school since I was two. I can remember my, my Sunday school teacher in that when I was three or four years old, Mildred Cornelison. I can remember that. I can remember most of my Sunday school teachers, Miss Bishop, and, and I can go through and name a lot of them too and the influence they had on my life. I'm thankful for great Sunday school teachers. I'm thankful for good pastors as I was growing up, Lloyd McCaskill and, and Donnie Williams. And uh, I think about even, even Brother Tuck, we'll give him some credit tonight. Just, again, pastors, my dad, of course, having influence, and Brother Eddie Johnson and Don Gantz and Brother Stewart having influence and teaching me the Word of God. So it's not just my daily Bible reading and learning the Word of God myself, but being influenced by others who have taught me the Word of God and hiding it in my heart, knowing the Word of God. I believe there was a time where most Christians, and not most, but a lot of Christians were in churches where the Word of God was being taught to a certain degree, but it was more about what the preacher said. Well, why do you do that? Because the preacher told me to. Well, why do you believe that? Because the preacher said so. Boy, we ought to know what we believe and why, not just because the preacher said so. What a check up the preacher, amen. And uh, they, they read the scriptures, whether these things be so, the Bereans did. We need to know the word of truth, and we can stand if we know it. The next piece of armor is the breastplate of righteousness. Again, this is talking about the living word. In other words, living right, having our conscience clean. If we have our conscience clean and we are living right, then the devil has no place to shoot. He has no place to come and whisper in your ear and, and guilt you about something that you did, some, some law, some, some moral law that you broke, some commandment you broke of the Lord, or something you didn't do that you're supposed to do. Well, if we'll just live right and, and, again, the knowledge of the truth of the Word of God, and then we live out that truth, the living Word. We live it out. If we'll live it out and our conscience is clean, the devil has no place to shoot. If we fall, it's because we haven't been living right. We haven't been living right. Living out the truth, the breastplate of righteousness, living out the Word of God. The next piece that we talked about a couple Sundays ago, gospel shoes, having on the gospel shoes. Verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Having on these gospel shoes, having that peace with God. Having peace with God. Uh, if you're going to face the battle, you better know that you're saved. If you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you better know that you know that you know if you were to die, that heaven will be your home. Or else you're going to have Satan whispering in your ear again, hey, you're not saved, you're not 
and saved. I mean, he, he wants to tempt you in that way. He wants you to doubt your salvation. He loves it when Christians do that. He loves it when people uh, of, the, of the, the children of God doubt their salvation. And you need to know that you're saved. I'm thankful that John says that we might know that we have eternal life. We don't have to hope that we have eternal life. We can know so. You can go to bed tonight and lay down and you can have the joy of knowing and the peace of knowing that you are saved. You have peace with God. We are born in enmity with God, the Bible says, and it's Jesus Christ who brings peace between God and man. Goodwill, peace, goodwill toward man. Those angels said to the shepherds, having on our gospel shoes and having the peace with God will help us to stand on sure footing, standing on the solid rock, and then having the peace of God, knowing that it's God who brings about peace in our life as Christians. It's God who brings about peace in our life and having that peace that passes all understanding, knowing that I'm saved, knowing that I'm saved brings peace, knowing that God will take care of me brings peace, brings peace, amen? In order to stand, in order to stand in the battle, we must have that peace. And then spreading the gospel. That's our marching orders, to tell others of Jesus Christ, to tell the good news of salvation to others around us. May we take the initiative to leave a track. May we take the initiative to invite somebody to church. May we tell somebody of the good news of salvation. By the way, people are looking for some good news today. I know we repeated that three times, four times in the last seven or eight days. No, I'm just kidding. We've repeated it over and over and over again. People are looking for good news. They're looking for answers. Why is this happening? What's going on? We ought to be ready to give an answer to every man the hope that's within you. Give them the good news. And then we see in our text tonight, above all, it says, taking the shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And, it, and this means in addition to taking the shield of faith. If anything, it's alluding to maybe this being the most important armor because it's the armor for the armor. It's the armor that protects the rest of the armor. And I'll describe that for you here in a moment of how big the shield was, but it's like a double defense. It's covering the, the helmet. It's covering the breastplate of righteousness. It's covering the sword. It's covering uh, the, the rest of the belt of truth. Taking the shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. This shield, the Roman soldiers carried two types of shields. They didn't carry both at the same time necessarily. But they had a little shield that they would carry sometimes. And it would kind of on one arm they would use in battle. But a majority of them used the big shield. And in the Greek, this word means door. It means that it's, a, it's, a, it's door. It's like their shield was so big it was like a door. And you've seen movies and other places where you see the Roman soldiers, they get out these big old shields and they're carrying them and they set them down like this and they can get behind it and their whole body's covered. And then that shield locks to the next soldier's shield that locks to the next soldier's shield. And I'll, I'll give you something about that here in a moment. But these were big doors. These were big shields that these Roman soldiers carried. been called, the Roman soldiers have been called the iron wall. Now some of their shields were made of wood as well, but the iron wall. They could just set up this wall of shields and uh, boy, the Romans, Roman army was powerful. The shield of faith. What is it? What is the shield of faith? This, this shield that covers the entire body. This shield that covers the rest of the armor. The shield of faith is basically trusting in God. 
a basic trust in God, having faith in Him. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, we see Abraham, that God tells Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I am thy shield. Abraham, I am your shield. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be with you. And there in chapter 15, he gives him the great Abrahamic covenant about how God's going to bless him and give him children, his offspring as the sand of the sea and as as the stars of heaven. It's amazing, amazing. I will be thy shield. In Psalm 18, verse 30, it says, there the psalmist says, He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. That word buckler means shield. He is is a shield to all that will put their trust in Him. Now, when we're alluding to this metaphor, it has to do with what we said this morning. It has to do with living faith, living faith, not necessarily saving faith. All right, so when he talks about taking the shield of faith, of course it's important to know that you're saved and have faith in, your, in, in the Lord for salvation. But here he's talking about that not only should we have this saving faith, but we need to have living faith. And this living faith is a trust in God, an implicit trust in the Lord. Faith, what does faith mean? It means complete trust, confidence, or reliance. It means to trust the result. The trust, it means the results are in action. In other words, faith is what is faith is that takes action upon. In other words, faith is only faith if you take action upon it. You can trust, say you trust in something, but only way you're really trusting in it or in a person is if you act upon that trust, that faith. Faith. Trust in action. Belief in action. Faith. And we always use the, use the illustration about jumping on something, right? thought I might jump on a chair tonight to see if I can still do it. But I wonder if I can still jump in this chair. How many, how many inches is that? Is that 20 inches? Can I do that without killing myself? Anybody know? I bet I can. I can see, I can. I, didn't, I jumped up there. Did y'all see that? Can I have a witness? Let's see if I can destroy my own chair. But I trust the chair can hold me, and it does. It holds me every Sunday. I trust in the chair, but I don't really have faith in the chair until I jump on it. I don't really have faith until I act upon that faith. Right? I can say I have faith, but until I act upon it, it's not real faith. It's not real faith. Trusting. Trusting in, again, in action. Trusting in the power and the promises of God. Are you trusting tonight? Do you have faith in the promises of God? Do you have faith in the power of God? Are you living by faith tonight? Again, that would have to do with never questioning God. As I said this morning, there are many Christians who holler out to God, Why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? Now, again, I don't think it's wrong at all to ask Him why this has happened to me in a humble way. And Lord, help, what are you trying to teach me? But when you're shaking your fist at God, you're saying, Why did you let this happen to me? Why is this happening to me all of a sudden? Why is this coming to my life? And you, you're, you, you are um, accusing God. That's so wrong. Faith means I rely upon God's promises and God's power. I know that He has put me where I'm at. I know that He has put me in the circumstances that I'm in. I trust Him. I have faith in Him. We think about, again, as we think about faith and uh, trust in Him, we think about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, Satan came to Eve, and basically what happened was she got, he got her to question God's power, God's authority, 
she got him, she, he got her to distrust God. Basically saying, God's holding out on you. Eve, God's holding out on you. You could eat that and be as God's, you're doing good and evil. God's holding out on you. You got Eve to distrust God. We, as children of God, ought to trust Him. We know the devil's tactics. We know those darts that he uses. We, we understand them. We see examples of them from Adam and Eve. We see examples of them again when, when Satan tempted the, the Lord. And I'm going to go read it there in, in second, uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, or 1 John chapter 2, and verse 16. Familiar passage to most of you. Verse 15 says, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But look at verse 16. This is the same tactic that Satan's been using in the Garden of Eden. It's the same tactic he used with David. Same tactic he's used throughout the, throughout the entire time of, uh, of existence. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. These fiery darts, these darts that the wicked one is throwing at us. The shield of faith that they're set in front of us to quench those fiery darts. What darts are they? Well, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. One of the outlines I read years ago from Curtis Hudson, and the way he described it was fun, fortune, and fame. It's easy to remember. Fun, fortune, and fame. In other words, Satan offers all the fun you want. All the fun you want. Isn't it amazing how still on TV, they took cigarette commercials off TV and tobacco commercials off TV, but they still got the alcohol commercials. And all the alcohol commercials show, you know, these uh, young people with, with young, attractive bodies, and they're having a great time and, and uh, whatever. But they don't show the aftermath. They don't, they don't show the broken marriages and the broken bodies and, and the, the results of what it is uh, to party years after year after year. I'm telling you, the devil's, he's, he's sly. He's sneaky. He only shows the attractive part of sin. He don't show you the devastation. He don't show you the destruction. He's sneaky. The wiles of the devil, he's sneaky. Again, all the fun you want. He offers all the fun you want. Just live it up. If it feels good, do it. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, fortune. Again, put that, dangle that better job out in front of you that takes you away from your family and away from church. Said, hey, if you'll do this and this, you can have this kind of money and you can do this kind of thing. And Oh, but you say, I can't spend that much time with my kids. I, I won't be able to go to church on Sunday. Devil just like a little piece of cheese out in front of you. Boy, he, he's enticing. And he makes it look attractive. By the way, money does not buy happiness. And your children rather have you than stuff. Let me say that again. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. As a parent, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Not S-T-U-F-F. I'm telling you. A kid will play with a box. He'll, you, you buy all these fancy stuff for Christmas and they play with the box. And then the fancy thing you bought them, they play with it for a few months and then, ping, you know, for the most part, won't play with it no more. They'd rather have you. Old Satan's sly, isn't he? He'll tempt you with fortune. And then lastly, he'll tempt you with fame. Every person has pride in them. 
not, you know, more or less. All of us have a degree of pride. Hello? Don't, don't look at me piously. All of us have a degree of pride. All, all of us want affirmation, you know. I'm, I'm, I know I'm that way, and I have to be careful. I know that I have a tendency to want somebody to pat me on the back, and, and I, I've got to be careful. All of us have that pride. And he'll put that out in front of you. Well, if you do this, this, and this, you can become this. Well, we need to be careful. Satan is a sly fox. He's a lion seeking whom he may devour. He, Satan, knows our weaknesses and our strengths. Again, he's not all-knowing, but he is highly organized. And he's been watching you from the time you were born, or at least one of his imps has, and he's been watching you. He knows your weaknesses. By the way, the Bible says that we all have a besetting sin. Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset you. All of us have that sin, or maybe, maybe more than one, that, uh, that constantly you know, nags at us, that constantly reaches out to us. And Satan knows your besetting sin. He knows it. And he'll come and he'll dangle that in front of you, where it's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, whatever category it fits in. But, God, but the, Satan doesn't use the same tactic on everybody. And certainly doesn't tempt you with the same sin that he tempts somebody else with. To varying degrees. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strengths. But he's relentless. <laughs> he's tricky. Man, he is sudden many times. Have you, have you ever just been, you know, really having a great day and all of a sudden, I mean, just all of a sudden without any precursor, you find yourself sad? You know, that, that thought jumps into your mind about someone maybe who has passed away or there's a, a problem in your life and you just, it's amazing how that happens, isn't it? Boy, he'll pop stuff in your mind. He's powerful. But understand that faith puts out his fiery darts. Trust in the Lord puts out the fiery darts. Trust in and putting your faith in the Lord puts out the fiery dart of envy, puts out the fiery dart of worry, puts out the dart of jealousy and unbelief and doubt. Faith puts it out. It extinguishes it. When you are truly putting your faith and your trust in the Lord, it'll put, a, <laughs> it'll put out the desires and passions and lusts and the war against the soul that's happening in your life. I'm thankful that we have a shield of faith as we put our trust in Him. Notice in the passage it says, taking the shield of faith. And this is where we go back to the ideal that this is talking about living faith. It's talking about living out our faith. Not necessarily saving faith, but living out. Taking the shield of faith. And the ideal here is the object of our faith is very important. And that taking the shield of faith takes effort. When the Roman soldier picked that big old shield up, it took effort. And if you're going to take the shield of, take the shield of faith, it's going to take some effort on your end. I know that goes against some of our higher Calvinist people that, that we have free choice and that we can make our own choices. But you do have a choice. You have your choice to put on the armor, number one. And you have your choice whether to take the shield of faith. Taking that shield of faith. Again, I go back to the illustration. The thought is the object of our faith is so important. The object of our faith is so important. Faith is only as good or as strong as the object or the person you're trusting in. Faith is only as good 
as the object I'm putting my faith in. Um, not this last year when we went to Honduras, but three years ago when we went to Honduras, we helped build an, basically a little auditorium, uh, worship area for the church there for Brother Harold Pride, the dad there in Honduras. And we built a lean-to off of their existing building and, and, then, and then enclosed it with windows and doors. I mean, it was just, it was a ceiling fans. It's very, very nice. And we had that opportunity. Well, we also bought a bunch of new plastic chairs. That's what they sit in. Those pla- you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Those little plastic chairs that, yeah. And so uh, <laughs> we had to sit in them. Well, you know, I'm a tiny guy, super tiny. And I'm sitting on the front row. And I sat down that plastic chair. It held me for a minute or two. And then it broke. I must have moved the wrong way or something, but the leg broke, and yeah, chair broke. I'm not putting my faith and trust in no plastic chair. I knew when I was set down in it, it was going to be a problem. I said, give me one of those new ones and bring up one of the new ones. Let me set one of the new ones. It was a little better. Again, your faith is only good, as good or your trust is only as good as the object or the person you're putting your faith or trust in. You ever put your faith in someone who promised to pay you or promised to give you something and they didn't do it? Well, again, your faith and trust is only as good as, as the person whom you're putting your faith and trust in. Listen, we're putting our faith and trust in the creator of the universe. We're putting our faith in the creator of the universe who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who knows the beginning from the end, who is from everlasting to everlasting, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. I mean, we're talking about the God who made everything. That's who we're putting our trust in. I think, we can, I think we can rely upon that. I think we can rely upon Him. Much more than I can rely upon this chair or that chair. Or I can rely upon you or you or you or you. I put my trust in the Lord. I put my faith in Him. It takes work. It takes work. In other words... It takes work to keep ourselves out of it. See, we, we have a tendency to grab the shield and put it in front of us to protect us, but we have a tendency to want to do something ourselves, want to take care of the problem ourselves. We, we put an arm out, it gets shot off. You know, throwing those flaming arrows at you and lands in your, in your arm and it's on fire because you... Instead of depending upon the Lord, depended upon yourself. We all have that problem to an extent. So it takes some work to keep ourselves behind the shield. It takes some work to have the attitude of dependence upon the Lord and not to step back or, or step aside beside the shield. We tend to depend on our own wit. We tend to depend upon our wisdom. But we must wholly depend upon Him. In this battle... In this battle, this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. In this battle, in this war, in this fight, we must understand that we must wholly depend upon the Lord. We must trust in Him and Him alone. You cannot do it without Him. You cannot do it without Him. I cannot do it without Him. We need Him. Taking the shield of faith takes some work. We ought to do it every morning. We ought to do it every morning. Get up in the morning and say, Lord, help me to live in the Spirit, not the flesh today. Lord, help me depend upon you today. Help me live in light of eternity. God, I, 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 help me depend upon you. We must trust 
in Him and not our flesh. We must trust in Him and not, and not ourselves. We must trust in His power. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love, from all our faith in His... Amen? Living by faith. We need to live by faith. Trusting in Him. Trusting in Him and Him alone. Simple dependence upon Him. By the way, we put our trust in Him. We are more than conquerors. Uh, I, I, think, I think He can handle it. I think He can handle it. Trust in His Word. Well, the devil come up to you and you lose your job and he comes up to you and says, you know what, you're going to starve. You, you, you're going to starve, you're going to lose your house. Thankful I can quote Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not my riches, not my stuff, but according to his riches. I can quote that to the devil as Jesus quoted scripture to the devil. And I can rely upon his promise, knowing that he will always keep his promise because he cannot lie. That's the shield of faith. Taking the shield of faith and a total dependence upon him. A strong faith. There's a need for a strong faith. Lord, help my faith. Increase my faith. As the soldier said. We need true faith. As we think about this tonight, we put on the whole armor of God. Are you putting on the armor of God daily? Are you putting your tra trust in Him? I like also the significance of the shields locking together. To me, that kind of pictures and suggests that we are not alone. I'm thankful for my church family. I'm thankful that we can get together and strengthen each other. I'm thankful that we can lock shields together and fight the good fight of faith together. We need each other. As Brother Wiggins pointed out a moment ago, we, we found out during the pandemic when we couldn't meet, we need each other. I, I need to come to church and, and get a good ribbon every once in a while. I need, I need the fellowship. I need it. I want to encourage you just stay faithful to church. Continue to, to, to be here and be faithful. Pray for God's protection, yes, and we're still trying to be uh, careful, but be here. I, I'm still amazed at some who would and I, again, if they're watching online, I'm thankful for those watching online and those who, there's some who shouldn't be here, who, who are still quarantining and being careful. And if you're sick, stay home, you know. Be careful. But I need this. I need in-person worship. I need in-person inter, in interaction. I need to see your face. And it's even hard for me to have that mask on and talk to you. And, and once I kind of slip it aside, I want you to see my facial expressions. I want you to see me smile. Because we can lock shields together and we can fight the good fight of faith together. I can encourage your faith and you can encourage my faith. It's amazing how it works. We can provoke one another. We can love one another, encourage one another, build each other up, edify each other. And what a blessing it is to have a church family. By the way, what a blessing to have a church family like this one. I'm prejudiced. I think we have the best church in America. I think we have some of the best people in America. I, believe, I, I truly believe that. It's not... Just not just words. I, I love you guys. This is an awesome, awesome place to be in. And I'm thankful we can be here to help each other. Again, locking the shields together. By the way, we do that with our children too. In other words, we're able to encourage and strengthen our kids and teach our kids. You know, it's 
each Sunday school teacher and children's church worker and master club worker and all down the line helping as we fight this good fight of faith together. Darts will come. It's going to happen. We're in a fight. We're in a battle. But our shield will not break. Our shield will not burn. I'm thankful for the great shield that God's given us. The shield of faith. The shield of faith. Let's all stand. Hymn 351, wherever he leads, I'll go. Take up thy cross and follow me, I heard the master say. Are you putting your armor on? Maybe, this, maybe Monday morning you need to get up, start afresh and reset and, and review and say, Lord, help me this week. Lord, help me today to live by faith, trusting in you. Lord, we thank you for the armor of God. We thank you that you have not left us defenseless. And Lord, may you help us and in, as we endeavor this week to uh, take the shield of faith. Lord, help us and increase our faith. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.